1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
2: Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dennis Ackerman. The Raiders play their final home game of the year as they host the Miami Dolphins the day after Christmas in a primetime affair. These two teams are heading in opposite directions. The Raiders have lost two straight and four out of the last five. Meanwhile, the Dolphins have won 8 of 10 and currently occupy the 7th and final playoff spot. Miami is currently tied with the Baltimore Ravens, but the Dolphins own the tiebreaker. The Raiders are 3-point underdogs and the over-under is 47 and a half. Now, the line has actually moved quite a bit in this game. The Dolphins originally opened as a a point-and-a-half favorite, but it's since doubled. In the last five road games, Miami is 4-1 straight up, and and 8-1 against the spread in their last nine games overall. Now compare that to the Raiders, who are just 1-4 against the spread in their last five games. So if you think the Raiders can turn things around against Miami, or perhaps if you're interested in other sports, You know, the NBA or college basketball are back. The NFL and college football playoffs are right around the corner, Raider Nation. With all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you're thinking about maybe perhaps picking the Lakers to repeat their NBA championship or someone to upset Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, which I don't think any team is going to, as painful as that sounds to Raider fans, you know what? Then you need to go to betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Well, this is the 36th all-time meeting between these two storied franchises. The series is tied 17-17, and there's been one tie. Miami has dominated the rivalry since the early 2000s, having won 9-11, of and that includes a 28-20 win the last time they played in 2018. It's the first time in six years the Raiders have hosted the Dolphins. They've also met four times in the playoffs, and the most memorable game was played December the 21st, 1974, AFC Divisional Round Game in Oakland at the Coliseum. Miami was looking to become the first team to appear in four straight Super Bowls and win three straight Super Bowls. The game would eventually become a seesaw affair, with the Dolphins holding a 26-21 lead with just over two minutes to play. The Raiders moved right down the field inside the Miami 10-yard line with just under a minute to play. It set the stage for what would become known as the Sea of Hands game. Here's former legendary Raider broadcaster Bill King with the call.
1: 35 seconds left. First and goal for Oakland. They trail 26-21. The promised land is eight yards away. Blanch to the left against Shucky. Bolletnikoff to the right against Foley. Back to pass goes Stabler. Looking, looking, looking. He runs. He's at the 15. He throws. It is. A touchdown Raiders. A touchdown Raiders. I can't even see the receiver. Clarence Davis. It looks like Clarence Davis. He's being bombed. Stabler was hit as he threw. He was falling down. I threw in a loop. I still can't tell, is it Davis? I thought it was. It is a touchdown. Everybody in the bowl kept turning it and Davis got it. Everybody in the balls believed what did was Davis. But he went down in a heap of Patword and then was five by fans. The Raiders had taken the lead 27, check when Skidler had to loop the ball up because he was sitting through, it looked like he might have been lobbying it into the promised land toward Miami. But no, Mike Cohen couldn't get there. Famous got there first, and it was the Raiders promised land.
2: After the game, Sports Illustrated called it Super Bowl eight and a half, and the venerable Kurt Gowdy, NBC Sports' top play-by-play broadcaster for so many years, called the 1974 AFC playoff game between the Oakland Raiders and the Miami Dolphins the greatest game he had ever seen. All right, on to this year's game now. And the Raiders have yet to announce who is going to be the starting quarterback against the Dolphins. But one thing I can tell you, whoever gets the nod, they will have their hands full with a very, very stingy Miami defense. The Dolphins have the number one scoring defense in the NFL, giving up just under 19 points a game. Last week against the New England Patriots, well, they made life miserable for Cam Newton, sacked him three times, and kept the Patriots out of the end zone. Watch out for Emmanuel Ogba, who leads the Finns with nine sacks. And in the secondary, we'll see how much the Raiders test Xavier Howard, who leads the league with nine interceptions. Here's what head coach John Gruden had to say about the Dolphins' defense when he was asked about it.
0: Well, the acquisition of Jones from Dallas was huge. And uh, Howard is a great corner and healthy again. And um, I think Rowe, 21, is a very good coverage safety. He can cover a lot of tight ends. And they have coverage people that can really handle a lot of responsibility. And it's, they stayed healthy, and they're for real. And um, they're big up front, very big, and experienced. You know, getting a couple world champions – uh, from your hometown, from your home team, where you come from, is certainly important. Uh, but they're aggressive. They do a great job of blitzing. Um, and I, I, I like, I've always admired Chan Gailey. He's a good friend. He's, he's very creative. And um, while a lot of their skill guys were hurt last week. They proved that they, they can find any way possible to move the football. They did it on the ground. And they did it in convincing fashion. So it's a well-coached team. He's a, uh, obviously a great young coach.
2: On Wednesday, Derek Carr was a full participant in practice a day after splitting the reps with Marcus Mariota. Now, as you know, Carr left last Thursday's game in the first quarter against the Chargers with a groin injury. And Mariota came in and performed so well in relief, he threw it for 226 yards and a touchdown. At the same time, he also threw a key interception late in the game when it appeared the Raiders were in prime position to come out on top with a victory. But Mariota gives the Raiders' offense a little bit of a different dimension. They ran a lot of RPO with him, and he ended up as the team's leading rusher with 88 yards on just nine carries. And he also had a rushing touchdown. And he did all this coming off the bench completely cold. Now, Carr's injury didn't look good, but I certainly would not rule him out of Saturday's game. Remember back in 2016 when he broke his right ankle and he said if the Raiders made it all the way to the Super Bowl that he was going to try and play? And how about 2017 after breaking three bones in his back? Most people thought he'd be out four to six weeks. He missed just one game. I mean, you can question a lot of things about Derek Carr, but toughness isn't one of them. On Tuesday, Derek talked about how important it is to be ready to go.
0: Well, I think one of the main things coach talks about is availability. You know, he we have to practice to get better at this game. You have to play to get better at this game. You have to gain experience and the more the team as a whole can practice and play together, the better your team's going to be. And uh, I feel like when he said that, I took it, I, I just take it to heart. You know, the first thing he told me when he met me is you have to be available. And I said, yes, sir. And so I've done everything in my power to make myself available uh, this week, and I'm going to continue to try my best to do that because I told him and promised him I'd do that. And so uh, that's, that's, that's right now, is that's just who I am, man. I may, it may not always be perfect, but they're going to know when I left, I gave it everything that I had, that's for sure.
2: Whether it's Carr or Mariota, either one of them would surely benefit from a Raiders run game that has all but disappeared over the last four weeks. I mean, if you take away Mariota's numbers against the Chargers, the Raiders are averaging just 64 yards a game on the ground over those four contests. I mean, this not only impacts the offense, but the defense as well. I mean, think about that. If the Raiders can't run the football, it means they can't control the clock and they can't keep their defense off the field. And I think that has played into why the defense has been so bad lately. You know, one thing I hope the Raiders can focus on these last two games of the season is the wide receiver position. Now, Nelson Aguilar has been a pleasant surprise this year. Everyone will agree to that. His 42 receptions are the second most catches by a wideout behind Hunter Renfro's 48. And I know I've harped on this all year long, but the Raiders have to get Henry Ruggs more targets. Even if the targets aren't as effective as they would be to Aguilar, Ruggs needs to get better. It's that simple, and nothing can replace game reps. Now, he's currently on the COVID-19 reserve list, but if he's reinstated for the Dolphins game or the final game of the season against the Broncos, he simply needs more targets. And how about the other rookie, Brian Edwards? I mean, he was good enough to win the starting job in training camp, but then he fell out of the rotation after he was injured in week three against New England. I mean, if he's healthy enough, he needs to be more involved in the game plan. He's appeared in just 10 games and has only eight catches on 12 targets this year. The Raiders need to know if Edwards is the answer or if they're going to have to look elsewhere in the offseason. On the other side of the ball, interim defensive coordinator Rod Marinelli has had 10 days to prepare for the Dolphins. I'm very interested, as I'm sure all of Raider Nation is, they want to see if the defense looks any different or is even a little bit better. Now, I understand the Raiders were shorthanded against the Chargers, and it was a short week. I did think the run defense was much better, as was the tackling. But the pass defense was embarrassing, and that's being kind. LAQB Justin Herbert torched the Raiders for more than 300 yards, and it was a particularly tough day for starting quarterback Trayvon Mullen. He was flagged four times, including one play was called for a pair of fouls a face mask penalty, followed by pass interference. Here's Marinelli on his team's performance against the Chargers and what they must do moving forward.
1: I, I thought it was improvement.
0: It was really solid. Want more still. but I, I really like the fight in them all the way. Got to eliminate mistakes, eliminate some big plays, eliminate penalties as coaches and players together, working together. But I, I just thought they showed a ton of heart in that game. Uh, toward the end, and uh, I just really loved how they kept fighting. But we got to win.
2: The Raiders will once again be facing our rookie quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa, who's not putting up the kind of numbers we've seen from Herbert. is completing just under 63% of his passes this season and averaging nearly 180 yards passing with nine touchdowns and two interceptions. As I mentioned, the Raiders were much better against the run last week, and on Saturday he'll be contending with rookie running back Salvon Ahmed out of Washington, who ran for more than 100 yards against the Patriots. Wide receiver Devontae Parker is the Dolphins' leading receiver with 56 catches this season. In terms of health, the Raiders' defense currently has three players on the COVID-19 list. Daryl Worley, linebacker Nick Quitkowski, and safety Eric Harris. Now, linebacker Nicholas Morrow remains in concussion protocol. So, the Stilver and Blacks starting linebackers could look like this on Saturday. Corey Littleton, Raycon McMillan, and Kyle Wilbur. Now, that is not going to put a lot of fear into any offense. Clee Farrell, he has still not practiced this week with an ailing shoulder. And Jonathan Abram, he did return to practice on Wednesday. You know, given how the second half of the season has gone, and with not much to play for, the Raiders cannot fall into the trap of losing their focus. Last season, they had an embarrassing loss to the Jaguars in their last home game ever in Oakland, Week 15. They can't allow that to happen again and give the perception, not only inside that building, but around the rest of the NFL, that it's okay to make excuses and give lackluster efforts at the end of a season. They're going to have to navigate the line between getting their younger players more involved while trying hard to desperately win. Though the reality of the playoff berth is pretty much over, I feel it's imperative to finish with a winning record in Gruden's third season and set the tone for the offseason and 2021. Now, I know finishing 9-7 and seven and missing the playoffs again isn't going to satisfy a reasonably aggravated fan base, but right now, it's the best the Raiders can strive for at this point. I mean, if the Raiders beat Miami and Denver, they'd finish 9 and 7 and likely on the outside looking in at the playoffs. But their record in three years would have gone from 4 and 12 to 7 and 9 to 9 and 7. It's progress. Not the kind the fan base is looking for with a win now mentality and for a fan base that has suffered way too long and way too much. But if they can win these final two games, it would be the Raiders' second winning season since they went to the Super Bowl in 2002. Cornerback Trayvon Mullen talked after Wednesday's practice about finishing out the season the right way. Finish
0: is the the biggest thing for us right now. I mean, we don't want to finish losing. Uh, We got to show who we we are. We got to show how tough we are. Um, We got to show that no matter the circumstance or the outcome or whatever it is, that um, we're going to go out there, we're going to play hard. We're going to finish. Um, we're going to show uh, what type of player we are individually and as a whole. And, and like I said, uh, you do all those things and everything should be well for, for us as a, as a group.
2: I want to share a story with you, and it goes back to 1999. I was working for CNNSI and covered the Raiders-Chiefs game in Kansas City. Last game of the regular season. The Raiders were 7-8, and eight, and it was the end of John Gruden's second year. The Raiders were already eliminated from the postseason, but if they could somehow, someway beat the Chiefs, then they would knock KC out of the postseason as well. Raiders fell behind 17-0 early, but they eventually rallied to tie the game in regulation and then won it in overtime with nothing to play for. Now, after the game, we interviewed Charles Woodson, and he said this, and it's something I will never forget. If we ain't going to the playoffs, then the Chiefs aren't going either. That's the kind of mentality I hope the Raiders bring to the game Saturday against the Dolphins and then finish strong in the season finale against Denver. How about this, Raider Nation? If Mariota does get to start for the Raiders, I mean, this one could be a huge ratings bonanza in the state of Hawaii as there has never been an NFL game that started two quarterbacks from the 50th state. We'll just have to wait and see. But I think Derek Carr is going to have a lot to say about that as well. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you have a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. And may all your punts find the coffin corner. Without the ones like you
0: who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.